Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome back, everyone. We are here for this week leading up to Sunday, May 29th. This is the last Sunday of Easter. Is that right? Because this, I think the first Sunday in June is Pentecost. Yeah. Wow. All right. So this is the last Sunday of the Easter season, seventh Sunday of Easter. Uh, and we'll be talking about the gospel from John chapter 17. Uh, we're glad you've joined us for this gospel discussion. Uh, and we always like, as you know, to check in with one another about where we saw God this past week. Uh, That's right. David, is your turn. So, David. It is my turn. Where did you see God this week? All right. I, Charlotte, you might be able to, Charlotte's on, on FaceTime. You'll be able to see my tattoo that I have. I do. It is a temporary tattoo. Um, okay. But it is a one, two, three, four, five layer slice of layer cake. Each layer a different color of the rainbow. And it's sparkly. And uh, George, my son, my three-year-old, almost four-year-old, George came home from, uh, a, you know, a month or so ago, uh, seven weeks ago, I guess now, <laughs> came home from uh, preschool f- around Easter uh, with like an Easter basket, and it had two temporary tattoos in it that I think he thought were stickers, and okay. so he kind of just like discarded them because he didn't know what to do with them because they wouldn't peel off. They were like covered in plastic, you know? So then he found them recently and asked me what they were. I said they're temporary tattoos. And so one night we put them on and one was a lollipop that I had in this same place. And then he had a little popsicle. And the moment that he put it on was like his face like lit up with pure joy. Like he couldn't believe how cool it was to have this popsicle on his. It was like right above his elbows, like on the lower part of his bicep. So that was awesome. And so ever since then, we've been talking about getting more temporary tattoos and so we were, uh, my wife and I, Mary Lynn, were out and we got just some sheets of temporary tattoos with these fun things on them. They're very colorful and sparkly. And so on Sunday, it was like this Saturday. Um, I don't know, like no, neither one of the, the babies were taking naps and it was just like one of those days it was just like dragging on. It felt like the day was like 73 hours long or something. And so we were at home and we had done something in the morning. And so we were all kind of tired and um, just hanging out. And it was like right in the middle of the afternoon to me is like the hardest parenting time because I'm like tired and it's not quite time to get dinner ready. And it's not like we've passed the moment where anybody's going to take a nap. So um, anyway, I like remembered the tattoos and I was like, oh, this is a great thing that we could do. And so George and I looked at the tattoos. He was so excited and I, cause he didn't know that we'd gotten them and, uh, we put the tattoos on and I don't, I can't tell why it's like, so there's something about having this little thing on my arm that's so colorful and sparkly. And like, he was so ex- just the excitement of it. I guess it's, it's fun because to me, it's like this, a joyful, bright thing that I can look at. And it's kind of like, I'm not going to have a tattoo. I don't really want anything on my body permanently, maybe yet though. It's fun to try. But like it reminds me of that moment when he put on that first tattoo, that first uh, temporary tattoo. And like just like the sheer joy and wonder, you know, that like this thing existed. And so, yeah, I think it's just a reminder of that, that like I get to see 
him experience all these things for the first time that I like Mm. take for granted, you know? So anyway, it's like, it's just a little colorful reminder of his joy, I guess. And, uh, and so that's Mm. where I see God, you know, like I, that to me is God in the world is like to be able to see things in that way is is a way of seeing god moves god's movement you know just like the wonder of creation um and guess what we have an email from a listener thank you to sandy who emailed us this week about episode 24 uh this was a few weeks ago i don't know how many weeks ago three three weeks ago or so jesus um talking about when they asked when the 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 religious leaders were saying hey jesus just tell us if you're the messiah or not right uh and so this was um this was sandy's uh comment about that when i was listening to your conversation around why doesn't jesus just say he is the messiah i was reminded of the word evangelism some groups i am involved in we try to use another word because of preconceived notions when you hear the word evangelism I can understand Jesus not wanting to use the word Messiah, but rather using other words to explain his identity. Challenging, time-consuming, often frustrating, but I think you have a broader audience in the long run. Food for thought for sure. Thank you for an interesting session. An interesting idea. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. An interesting idea, you know, of Jesus, like, being aware of... We kind of talked about this, about, like, what, you know, what comes packaged within this term Messiah and kind of, like, the whole tradition and things that have been, you know, uh, added to that, to the assumption of what that means and the idea of evangelism being kind of like that, that it, ha- it has its, a certain connotation. It has a definition, which is not the same as what people hear when you say it, you know. And so yeah. I get, I like that connection that she's making. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. And also the thing I appreciate about it um, is that anytime I'm given the opportunity to connect the gospel to how I'm living my everyday life, I appreciate that. And so she took, you know, our conversation around um, that week's gospel and then applied it to her lived reality. Mm -hmm. And I like living with the gospel. Sometimes I'm challenged by it, Mm -hmm. but I like living with the gospel that way. And as we say every week, and Sandy listened this week, she did something. Uh, we'd always love to hear from you. You can always email us. Uh, you can contact us through our website where you can also find all of those faith to go resources that accompany the podcast. Those are resources for family discussion, uh, small group conversation, or personal reflection. You can find all those on our website, myfaith2go.org. You can always uh, follow us or tag us on Instagram. And you can also share any of your thoughts, uh, comments, stories via voicemail. So we can feature your voice on the podcast or you can text us and uh, through a phone number. So any of those uh, you can find uh, in the description for this episode. If you scroll down, we'd love to hear from you. Any of your stories, comments, uh, questions from your week of faith discussion or reflection, any of your God sightings or just any thoughts you have. Maybe a question you have for us, maybe an idea for a for a something to talk about so we'd love to hear from you and now we're going to move into the gospel for this upcoming sunday again the seventh sunday of easter uh may 29th charlotte is going to read it and then i'll give some context we'll each have a point and the 
gospel for this Sunday is John 17, verses 20 to 26. Jesus prayed for his disciples, and then he said, I am not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be as one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know you, that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Mm. Good job. <laughs> I feel like I get a gold star for that one. You do. You get three gold oh. stars. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of pronouns from John. You know, we don't need to belabor the point because we've talked about this uh, farewell discourse from John, a number of different parts of it, a number of different times in our Faith to Go podcast life together, but it is so crazy to hear it read aloud because it is so confusing if you're not looking at the words. Uh, just so many eyes and views. Looking at and, the yeah, those and <laughs> thems and yeah. But it's it's cool because, you know, this is this is a this is a Jesus that is this is this is the author of John's Gospel speaking from a, a particular place in a particular time in a particular community from a particular Jesus tradition that is really embracing this kind of more mystical side of 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 the tradition. You know, it, it is really about it is really about the mystery, and so that's why it's confusing and hard, and so it's important to kind of pick it apart and get into the details of it. But just to keep that in mind, that this isn't like if if we go and if we like read this from the perspective of the synoptic gospels you know thinking like the the parable telling jesus is this jesus this jesus is like the parable telling jesus is talking is approaching mystery from a storytelling kind of perspective this jesus is approaching mystery from like kind of the relational perspective of how things are in relation to one another in this really non-dual way of thinking about the world so that's why it's confusing, but it also opens it up for a lot of good conversation uh, about what is going on and what this Jesus, uh, the Jesus of John's gospel, is trying to communicate to us now. So the only, I guess that's part of the context, but the other just part of the context is just to know where we are in the story. John 17, that's three chapters after where we were last week when we talked to Jeff. Um, and... Jesus is still in the farewell discourse that started in chapter 13. And so he's been talking about the Holy Spirit and all the things, joy and suffering and all this stuff, getting ready, getting the disciples ready for him to be gone. And this is the, these are the last words that he says in that farewell discourse. So this is it. This is the last thing they hear from Jesus. These, this is the thing he decided to say last to them. This is the thing that, this is the, I guess until they, you know, he sees them on the beach and in the resurrection. But like in terms of like what they need to know going into this week of the passion, you know, going into his arrest and death and um, 
this is it. This is the most, this is like, this is the concluding paragraph of Jesus's ministry, you know? So this is what mm-hmm. it's all come to. Um, and that's it. The very next thing that happens is it goes into John chapter 18 and Jesus is arrested. So they go to the garden and Judas brings the, the, the group of guards to arrest him. So that's it. Um, and I'm just going to keep talking because I've got the first point. Um, building off of those ideas, uh, just thinking about the prime, kind of like the, the position of these words from Jesus in that, in that context is, is important. And like thinking about how, like, I, th- I think about the way that, that John's gospel for a lot of, in a lot of different ways, you know, again, in a particular time, a particular place, but then like reading it through the lens of our current reality. Like we see all the ways that it has been that different parts of it, and this is true of a lot of scripture, has been used to to divide people into different groups. And so I was really struck by I just I see that kind of tension playing out in this reading. Because like you can look at this and you could you could think, Oh, Jesus is saying that the Jesus only cares about the people that end up believing in him being one. That there's really only the importance is the unity of the people that believe in Jesus in a particular way. And I, I just don't think that that is accurate to what Jesus is talking about. And I'm reading in a different way. And, and, and to me, like Christianity is not exclusive by its very nature. It has been made to exclude people in practice. Um, but, but what Jesus is saying is not something meant to be exclusionary. And so Richard Rohr talks about this a lot. He talks about this idea of, of the Christ and the Christ consciousness um, to think about Jesus embodying some kind of larger universal reality, like pulling apart, like thinking about Jesus as the incarnation of this Christ consciousness, this oneness in the universe uh, and kind of this pattern of reality. And so um, I'm struck by, um, this one line, um, Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So I'm just going to talk about the first half of that because I think Charlotte's going to talk about the second. Um, but I'm, you know, we've, we've had in readings before this idea that Jesus is saying, where I'm going, you cannot go. Um, you're talking about the fact that he's going to leave them. You know, they're going to be by themselves. They're going to be figuring things out for themselves. But this doesn't seem to be that. Uh, this is not saying, Father, wherever I am going, I want them to be able to go with me. It's saying, Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am. That's very much an, a, a now kind of statement. And so... I'm just thinking like if Jesus is embodying this kind of Christ consciousness, if he's think, if he's, if he is the one that sees the world in its unity, sees the oneness of people and not just the oneness of people, but the way that oneness is the way to justice, that Jesus is seeing the world and the ways that people's lack of ability, inability to see their connection to one another um, has led to injustice and oppression, you know, for his group of people, but for a lot of people. Um, and Jesus is trying to invite them into a different kind of reality and a different way of seeing 
And so mm-hmm. if Jesus is saying, this is Jesus is saying, here's my final thought for you as you go into the world now to do this ministry, you're not going to be able to do it if you see a world of us and them. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen because the kingdom that I'm talking about is not for some people. It's not, it's not a kingdom that's for some and not for others. Uh, and so when what Jesus is like this idea of Christ consciousness, if that's what Jesus is talking about, a way of seeing the world and wanting them to be able to stand where he is. May they be where I am, you know, have his perspective. If we think about it like that, I want these people I'm talking to God. This is my prayer. I wish for them to be able to see the world as I see it, to be able to see the unity of creation and of all people, the oneness that everyone is a manifestation of. Then to say that I want, I wish to be in them and you and me is to be like, I want them to experience your oneness by being able to have, to have this Christ consciousness, you know? And so, and so it's not, it's not like it is, it is particular Christianity then is particular in the way that it approaches that. Like I come to that oneness listening to Jesus talk, you know, I come to that oneness reading the Bible, hearing Jesus, hearing the Hebrew prophets and the Hebrew scriptures talk about God as being one. And Jesus here talking about God as the just God and God as the God of oneness, God that is one and and therefore everything is one. But that's not the only way to come to that conclusion because like um, pretty much every other tradition, religious tradition has some strand in it that comes to that same conclusion, you know? And so uh, I'm just struck by, by that, by that way that, you know, it's a, it's a particularity that uni- kind of comes to a universal conclusion and that uh, Jesus is inviting people to, to believe him, <laughs> you know, to believe that this everything is one, that there is this oneness and that the way to justice is through that recognition. And I, I'm, I also just brought up for me this, this Valerie core book that I, that I'm reading, uh, that's been out for a long time. I'm sure a lot of people have read it, the revolutionary love book and her, she comes to this from her sick tradition, you know, that like there, everyone is a part of her that she doesn't know yet. You know, that is oneness and, and that, that there's all these ways it's like more complicated than that because there's all these ways we know we have to like find parts of ourselves that, that we don't know yet that we, that there's all these ways of loving ourselves and having compassion. There's practices that need to happen. And, but, but that's the basic idea, you know, is that like we are one. And when we lose sight of that, that's when injustice happens and that's when suffering happens. And that's when we can do terrible things to one another. Something that similarly I'm thinking about and that it's, I think is important to name in conjunction with what you were talking about is that this oneness is not the same thing as homogenization. Mm-hmm. Um, that being one with God um, and with each other is not a call for us all to be exactly the same. In fact, it's the call is the opposite of mm-hmm. that. It, the call is that there is room for each of us in all of our beautiful diversity within the whole. Um, and that when we allow room for every person to be seen and loved as they are already loved by God um, within the one, that is when we truly all are one. And 
I was thinking about that from a lot of different perspectives, but have you ever seen those photo mosaic pictures? The ones where it's a beautiful ocean picture, but then when you zoom in really close on it, it's actually 5,000 pictures yeah. and, mm-hmm. and it might be someone's living room and someone's flower and someone's everything else like that. But it's 5,000 pictures that are collaged and then shrunk into this tiny pixelization mm-hmm. that then creates one beautiful picture mm-hmm. and so what you see is whatever the artist has decided um, this beautiful representation of one thing mm-hmm. um, and yet that if you expand it if you bring things back to their, their bigger size you realize that the sunflower is actually a little kid eating an ice cream cone mm-hmm. and a dog at the park and, and all of those things and so that that idea popped to mind for me in considering what oneness is, that imagine what that would be like, David, if what you saw was whatever God's vision is of oneness, I'm not gonna speak for God, whatever that beautiful picture is of oneness that Jesus and God have created. And that then when you blew it up and when you expanded it, you saw one tile was David in his Zoom screen and Charlotte in her Zoom screen and, you know, my neighbor down the block and the person I don't see eye to eye with that lives on the other side of town. Um, But it was each of us in this whole picture because the picture wouldn't be complete without each and every single one of us in it. Mm -hmm. And that means for our good parts, um, but it also means in our challenging parts that we are still part of the one. And I love that idea because there are times when I have a lot of faith, when I am feeling like I am moving and working for God's will in this world, and I am the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I feel as though I am struggling on my own and I haven't made all of my best decisions. And maybe I'm a little grumpy with the people that love me, even though I'm being grumpy. Um, But when I know that I'm part of a whole, when I know that I am part of one, then I know that there are other people who are living in their good and righteous and fullness and love of relationship with God in those moments when I'm not feeling those things for myself. Because when we accept that we are all one, then we're not responsible for everything. It's, it's letting God be in charge of the whole picture and that our work is integral to God's work in this world, but that if we can give up that control, that in being part of the one, that the goodness just happens, that it's not my responsibility to make it happen exactly the way I want it to happen because I've done all of the things on my to-do list and I know what God's thinking and I know the right way to do all of this. It's accepting that when I am the full and real Charlotte, the one that God has loved since before I was born, that that is enough to complete the oneness of God, that my piece of it is being done just by me being really and truly me. And I think that that's really beautiful, especially when you see this language that comes at the end of that first paragraph, um, where it says, Father, I desire that those also whom you have given to me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given to me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And I don't think that we don't 
that there's a time that we don't need to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. That we were loved from our very beginning but that Jesus was loved before the foundation of the world. And the thing that ties us together, all of us in this oneness is God's love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and yeah, I love that, that to just kind of complexify this idea of oneness, that really it is about, it's not about making everybody the same, which would be, which would just live into that kind of Christian exclusivism. Like it's only going to be, we're only one if everyone's a Christian. You know, but you can make that the same for so many things. We're only one if everyone believes this particular thing. We're only one if everyone is American. We're only one if everyone is white. You know, it's like it can't happen. That's not that's not what Jesus is saying. But you can see how we can connect the dots from Christian exclusive exclusivism or Christian supremacy directly to white supremacy and Western supremacy and American supremacy. And like it goes on and on down the line. And that's why that's why it needs to be challenged here. You know, because that's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is, can can you recognize your oneness with people that are different, and not and not work to make yourselves not different anymore, but to create the space to be and celebrate your difference and your unity. That you are mm-hmm. you're, you you are united in your difference, and that is really good. <laughs> that makes the mosaic beautiful it makes it unique and special you know it makes it an image of god well those are our two points for today thanks everybody for listening number one point was mine it was about oneness and jesus's invitation to the disciples to recognize uh their unity with one another with the world right for the sake of justice and towards the goal of loving justice for the world and Charlotte's kind of zoomed in on that uh, to clarify that that oneness is not the same as homogeneity. You know, that it is a oneness that recognizes and celebrates and finds joy in difference uh, without needing everyone to be the same. So having heard those two points, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on those. If you had, if you were on the podcast, what would your point have been? Uh, do you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection using the podcast or any of those faith to go resources? We'd love to hear from you. You can always email us. You can contact us through our website. You can uh, text us or leave us a voicemail with our fo- through our phone number, or you can uh, follow us or, or tag us on Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you in any and all of those ways. You can find all of those listed uh, in this podcast description. If you just scroll down on your phone or your tablet or your computer. Uh, and that's all for today. Uh, we'll be back next week with a special guest who is a listener to the podcast, Mary Lockie, who we met via email when she emailed us, uh, some thoughts about the show. Uh, so we are excited to talk to her, get to know her a little bit. And until next week, we say goodbye. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.